Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Passion Effects podcast. I'm Jack Pittman. Here on the podcast, we are passionate about helping you find happiness and purpose through following your passions. Today on the Passion Effect, I'm joined with professional distance runner Kieran Tall, who is here to share his passion for athletics. A former triathlete, Kieran has been running competitively for a number of years and has experience at both national and international level. His highlights include competing at the World Junior Cross Country Championships in 2017, where he was the highest ranked Australian. In 2019, Kieran placed first in his age group at the Zatopec Australian 10,000 metre championships. And more recently, in 2020, Kieran became the New South Wales and Melbourne University champion in the 5,000 metres. Kieran, welcome to The Passion Effect. It's great to have you. Thanks, Jack. I'm looking forward to answering some questions and sharing some pretty cool insights on running. It's been an amazing journey since a young kid. Absolutely, and I can't wait to unpack that journey in today's podcast. My first question, Kieran, where did your interest in running start for you? Pretty full background behind this. I became interested in sport, particularly endurance sport, as young as six. Um, I remember watching a triathlon. It was actually my dad competing, and this is when I was five or six and instantly just wanted to be part of it. I've always been a very energetic kid, a very competitive person in all walks of life, especially in areas that I'm passionate about. So the racing aspect of running is definitely appealing to me. So I've just turned 22 a few days ago and it's the same thing, like the, the appeal in the sport hasn't changed, it's the competitive aspect. And that's the interesting part of your story is that you started off as a triathlete before later focusing purely on running. Were you involved in athletics at all as a young child? Yeah, I was probably not as much as triathlon, but I did turn up to a couple of races a year and I'd always be doing my school cross country and trying to make it to the next level, whether that would be regionals or state or nationals or eventually international competitions so I was probably more triathlon focused but I probably secretly enjoyed the running races a bit more to be honest. And as we mentioned you were a triathlete for a number of years and you did enjoy some success there you were the New South Wales under 20 champion in 2016. Why did you decide to make the transition from triathlon to focus on running? So when I was about 19 or 20 years old so it's actually a fairly recent one and mm. the reason for it was I was a pretty good runner and a pretty good cyclist. I was definitely up there and internationally competitive with my running and my cycling, but my swimming just wasn't quite there and it was always just behind the eight ball. And I loved triathlon, but probably I started to realize that I loved running a bit more and it was always my the sport that I connected with most. So I started to gradually move across and I realized that I was going to have more of a chance of achieving my dreams there, which is something like making the Olympics. Is there anything that you can take away from your experience as a triathlete that you can maybe take to your running? Oh, definitely. Triathlons are much more busy sport than running overall. And any triathlete is going to tell you this and probably rub it in your face that there is a higher training load. So it teaches you how to handle, you know, more things in a day and it teaches you organization. And it definitely also teaches your endurance because it's more of an endurance space sport than running unless you're going to move to marathons. So it gave me a really good base and it's definitely set me up for a really good running career. Back in high school, you had the opportunity to travel to Hungary for the Junior Cross Country Championships. First of all, how did you qualify and what was that experience like for you? So I qualified through my placing and my school's placing at Nationals Cross Country. That was down in Melbourne in Mooney Valley in 2015 and the travel itself was something I've never experienced before. 
even just going to a national race, let alone an international race. So the experience overall was amazing, both in terms of going to another country and mm. meeting other athletes and racing other athletes. It's a real eye-opener and a wake-up call. Looking at the international competition really shows you what's out there and what you need to do to be the best in the world. Talk to me a bit more about that. What other things did you learn from your experience of competing at an international level? So one interesting point I'd mention is cross-country at that level is a contact sport. Your tactics <laughs> and your just being able to hold your own is really important, knowing where you are in the field and choosing where you are around the corner. And I guess it taught me that there's a lot more to running than just turning up and going for a run every day. It taught me that I needed to get in the gym and it taught me that about that there was a mental side because for that race I was extremely nervous. It was my first real proper go at an international race and so I think it's really showed me that mental preparation is really important for running. I mean, on the positive side, I've met people that I still talk to from other countries. Like I have a friend from Netherlands and a friend from Hungary and people from Britain and the USA that I still talk to. You make a lot of great friends from this sport. Fantastic. And what was the transition like from high school cross-country running and athletics to now running professionally? You, literally, you go from being at the front of the race and being one of the best around to a nobody. Like no one cares who you are, and no one cares how good you wow. are on juniors. You have to be, you have to be competitive with the adults. So I really believe it's a test of character, and you have to see things long term. So you have to realize that yes, I'm tenth now. It doesn't mean that I can't make an Olympics, and it doesn't mean that I can't be good. I just have to be patient, and I have to learn. So what is it that drives you to get up and keep training every day? Because inevitably. Training gets tough, you're feeling sore, maybe the weather conditions aren't great, but you still do it anyway. Why? I've trained in snow and in minus five and wind. I've trained and raced in 40 degree heat. I've been injured. I've been sick. I've actually run a cross country race with a broken ankle. So for me, gosh, there's no way to put it. I'd be disappointed if I turned up to a race knowing that I hadn't done my best to prepare plenty of days as you said where you don't feel great you don't feel motivated to train however I've learned that look excellence is a habit you don't always have to feel like doing something and waiting for everything to be perfect to do the work is leaving things too late it's just not going to happen this is something that my coach Benson Lawrence imparted to me and taught me this year and it's helped me become much more consistent in my training so it goes for everything in life you don't always have to feel like getting up and going to work or running or doing gym it's about doing the right thing and it's you get up and you do things because that's what you want. You want to achieve. I love that life motto about, you know, giving everything your best shot and doing the little things right. Kieran, talk to me about some of the challenges that you've had to overcome as a professional runner to get to where you are today. Especially in high school. So in 2016 and 2017, just out of high school, I had some pretty nasty bike crashes where I had some had severe concussion, broke both my wrists ripped my knee open to the bone and had 36 stitches in 2017 due to a mountain bike accident. I was riding a faulty mountain bike and paid for it quite dearly. And, you know, another one's actually learning to train properly and consistently. And that comes with managing injuries and sickness. It's been a lot of hard lessons, but it's well worth it. Kieran, talk to me about how you go about preventing injury, given you're doing so much training. I learned to listen to my body. So there's a saying in running where you do your hard days hard and your easy days easy. And it's the, it's the same in life. It's great to push yourself and it's great to have the attitude of I want to be the best and I want to get the best out of myself more importantly. 
but you have to know when to back off and when to go hard and learning to read the signs from yourself, whether that be for running or whether it's your mental health or your physical fatigue is really important. So if, you, if we're talking running specifics, I try and do a lot of my running on soft surface because it's less impact on my body. I do strength and conditioning to try and guard myself against injury. I'm really careful with what I eat and my diet and sleep. Other thing I'd mention is when I do do my slower runs, I make sure they are slow because a lot of runners characteristically overtrain and run too fast on their easy runs. If you are doing more mileage on road, which is higher impact and you're running faster, you're exposing yourself to injury. I haven't always been like this. I was definitely at the stage before when I ran too fast on easy runs and, and I've learned to moderate what I do based on how I'm feeling and based on what my coach is saying and feedback. You mentioned coaches there what role have coaches played in helping you reach the success that you've had the coach i'm with now is a guy called ben st lawrence most people would probably know him as the former australian record holder over ten thousand meters he's run 27 24 the current record is 27 23 so he did that about 10 years ago so not much has changed he's a very talented guy but he's taught me both the mental side of running and he has taught me how to train properly and how to listen to my body. More importantly, what I imparted before about excellence and about not waiting for the perfect time for it to happen. And the thing, he sent me a message about six months ago and he said, find reasons to run, find reasons to get things done and use running as a therapy and an outlet when things in your life get hard. And he's taught me and changed my attitude to life and how I do things, not just running with everything. And that's something I'll value for the rest of my life. Wow, that's that's really amazing. And for those that don't know Ben St. Lawrence, he was the City to Surf champion in 2010 and 2018. So Kieran, as a runner, you spend so much of your time training your body, but how do you train your mind for running success? Does that naturally come with training or do you think there are other factors that come into play? There are some things that you learn. So when you train hard and you train consistently, you can obviously take that confidence when you come into a race. But there's a whole different side of training yourself to deal with adversity and to be resilient. And when you come into a race, dealing with the nerves, because nerves are a good thing. But learning to manage these nerves and use them positively is something I've had to work on. And if you read about a guy called Eliud Kipchoge, who's the current marathon world record holder, he ran the sub-two-hour marathon project with Nike not long ago. And if you listen to his interviews, he says that he spends just as much time training his mind as he does training his body, as in however many hours he spends running, he's the guy's going to be sitting in his couch in Kenya or Ethiopia or wherever he may be, reading a book about the mental side of running and training himself. That doesn't just go for running, it goes for life. And it's something that I want to work on a lot in the future. And I'm still pretty young for a runner, even though I have started to improve and really become competitive in the running world i'm still working on the mental effect and so how do you mentally deal with the pressure or nerves before a big race or event i try and manage my nerves both by before the race i talk about how i feel with my coach and we talk Mm. about how to manage it it's different for different races but i remember why i run and why i'm racing and that i'm not racing to please other people or to you know prove someone wrong It's about me and it's about getting the best out of myself. So Kieran, let's imagine that you're in the middle of a big race. You're coming towards the end of a 10K race. You're feeling tired. Your legs are sore. Your body's aching. How do you put aside the mental and physical pain of that moment in order to achieve victory or success? 
I think the first key is to accept that the pain is there and not try to fight it and that you turn your attention to what you're doing rather than the pain. Because no matter how good you get in running or any sport, that pain is going to be there. Even if you are the world record holder, it doesn't matter whether you're doing your first run of your life and you're running a park run or whether you're the world record holder, that pain's always going to be there. So the moment you accept it and turn your energy and your focus to what you're doing in your body and being aware of what your body is doing, that's the first first step. On the other side of the fence, it's it's, it's the motivation factor. When you're racing in a race at this level, at an international level, everyone's done the work. Everyone's mm. trained hard. It becomes more of a mental game than a physical game. But in an Olympic final, everyone's within milliseconds or seconds of each other in most cases, especially when you get up to the top couple of placings. So I think dealing with mental and physical pain is about motivation and reminding yourself how much you want it and reminding yourself that it's okay to hurt. It's part of the process and that everyone else is too. And you remind yourself that I want this more than anyone else. Kieran, I want to talk about your plans for the future in regards to athletics because you're obviously doing some amazing stuff at the moment. But what are your immediate and future goals in regards to athletics and continuing this passion of yours? So in regards to immediate goals, they are obviously more process focused at the moment due to the impact of COVID-19. I've had a lot of my races cancelled and I was actually meant to race another world championship cross country race earlier this year in Morocco, which was cancelled. Look, it's a really tough time for everyone and I'm lucky that I've still got my training group and I'm doing well and I've still got my job and my uni going. So my goal at the moment is to tick off another couple of months of consistent training, stay healthy. I do want to try and build some fitness and build up some higher mileage as well as keep hitting good sessions and I guess best prepare myself for when races do come back. Future goals, really long term. I guess I'd say I want, I want to make the Olympics and Commonwealth Games and World Championships and make international races. So I, mm. I want to make running my career at the moment. So as soon as I can do that, the better. So I'd like to be on a Nike contract, for example, and I would love to be earning money out of that for the next few years. And that's the more long-term goals. But in the intermediary, I'm trying to get as close to 28 minutes as I can for 10K and trying to run around 13.40 for five. Were there any athletes that you admired growing up? And if so, why? The current Australian record holder for 5K, Craig Mottram, is someone that I've looked up to. And I look up to him because of the way he races. He's a very aggressive racer and he's not afraid to put himself out there. And he's smart. Another person I looked up to is to my coach, Ben St. Lawrence, for what he's done and what he's taught me. He's probably one of the most humble people you will ever meet. You would not know that he's an ex-Australian record holder and that he's one of the best runners Australia has ever had. He treats everyone the same and he's really helpful and he's really kind. And I look up to those qualities in him as well as his running. And what an amazing opportunity to work alongside some of the best runners in Australia. What are some of the most valuable lessons that you think people can gain from running? Definitely resilience. It doesn't matter whether you're elite or whether you're just starting out. The lessons you learn of resilience and perseverance and understanding and managing your body and learning to manage pain and adversity have been really valuable for me. And speaking of valuable lessons, why should people get involved in running? That's a long list. Like the health benefits of running are great. And that's not just physical health, that's mental health. Running releases a lot of positive chemicals in your brain when you run. It's actually a very social sport I'd like to mention, and that's probably something that a lot of people don't recognize. I'm in a group called Run Crew at the moment, 
they go from my age to a lot older and a lot younger. And so for me, running is social. I meet a lot of my close friends through running and we have similar lifestyles, so we get on really well. So you, you both meet a lot of people and make a lot of close friends as well as develop yourself in a lot of areas. I love that. Final question, Kieran. What advice would you give to people about following their passions? Look, particularly for the young people out there, but for everyone, don't be afraid to take a risk. I see too many people that throw away their passions and their dreams because they're t- said to be unrealistic or unachievable. If you look at guys like Michael Jordan and Eminem, two prime examples, Eminem, when he first started rapping, was booed off the stage many, many times before he's known, been known as the greatest rapper alive. Michael Jordan couldn't make his high school basketball team. And who in their right mind wouldn't select Michael Jordan in their high school basketball team now? Mm. I guess it's a lesson that no matter how unrealistic to other people your dreams seem, even to you, if you want something bad enough, you can do it. It is within reason. Like if you, if, if someone told me that they're going to, you know, fly to the moon tomorrow, I would probably laugh. But then again, I've seen some pretty amazing things in my life and I think determination and resilience and self-belief is really important. Another lesson is to surround yourself with people that believe in you because no matter how good you are or how kind you are, not everyone's going to believe in you. And to surround yourself with people that do believe in you and want the best for you and to chase your dreams is going to set you up really well. That's great advice, Kieran. That's great advice. Kieran, thank you so much for joining me on The Passion Effect. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate the opportunity and I hope to see you all out running soon. Fantastic. And that wraps up episode 13 of the Passion Effects podcast. If you found today's episode valuable, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with family and friends. Stay safe, stay healthy, everyone. And until next time, keep following your passions.